How's it going, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Beyond the Blind. I am your host, Chris Adams. If you're listening to us on Podbean, um, iTunes, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Leave us a review, a comment, that type of stuff. We're still hitting all sorts of new people. It's kind of a cool little metric. You know, you check and see who's listening and who's subscribed and not subscribed. And you want a good little mix because uh, if they're all subscribed, that means uh, you're not reaching anybody new. So, if you are new and listening to this thing, hit that subscribe button. It really helps us out. And uh, like I said, leave a review. Five stars, four stars, whatever you feel I warrant. Um, if you're not following along with us on social media, check it out under BTBN. Join that closed group. And uh, that's where we're going to start doing some more giveaways and stuff like that. I'm waiting for Seth Splank to get here from Swampwood Products. And uh, we're going to make a call out of that sucker and give that away here soon. I just announced the call maker competition. It's different than anything I've ever seen before. It's not judging a call. It's not judging a calling routine. It is everything. Your ability as a call maker to come up with a creative call um, using set materials that we're going to establish for every single round. And then you're going to run a meet routine. And uh, so we're going to judge the call sound, the call's range, everything, it's volume, and we're going to judge you as a caller, and then also we're going to have another judge judge the picture. So it's a, you have to be able to do it all. You know, as a call maker, you got to be able to run the call too. So we're going to do it all. You know, we've got world champion Corey Neekum judging the meat routine. I mean, that is about as legit as it gets for a competition. you got champion call maker Channing Korea. You've heard him on here a bunch of times. He's going to be judging your use of materials, your creativity. So you can't go wrong with that because that dude puts out insane work. He's always coming up with something new and crazy. So it's uh, it's going to be a good thing. I'm really excited for it. We're going to have a lot of fun. Speaking of competition callers, today we got another one on the line. He's part of the Team Bash. He's out there freaking... Dude, he's competing in everything. Um... You know, these online competitions, I'm seeing him compete in all the time. And uh, then he's been on the stage many, many times. And uh, super excited to talk to him. So without any further ado, Mr. Dan Goats. Dan, how you doing, brother? Oh, doing good, man. Just living. Just Another week in the great state of Illinois. Great state of Illinois. Are you from Missouri? Yeah, originally. Well, yeah, I grew up in Missouri, but now I'm just, just well, just outside of St. Louis. I tell people St. Louis just so I don't really have to claim the whole Illinois shit. But yeah, I'm in a little town called Columbia, just southeast of St. Louis. From downtown, I'm probably, oh, about 20 minutes from downtown but i grew up just across the river and i actually still work over there so i can just about take a leak on missouri from where i live <laughs> well that's what you did already by moving to illinois uh, and pretty much pretty much <laughs> but it's nice over here i'm not not in any of the city bullshit anymore it's a little town over here so that is a nice part yeah that's no joke man what part of st louis were you from 
Um, well, probably South County or the uh, Arnold. Probably Arnold would be the easiest to say that people know. Well, you're from, what, Springfield area? So yeah. You're probably somewhat familiar with it, yeah. Yeah, St. Louis, so, dude, is freaking crazy. It is crazy, man. That's I don't want any part of it. <laughs> dude, I, like the hunting around there, I can't even imagine trying to find places to freaking hunt growing up. Yeah, man, it's not... It's not. It's not the best. That's for sure. There's, there's the you can kind of sneak away. We've got you know the Mississippi and uh, a few other little smaller rivers here nearby, and you know, there's some spots you can get away here in Illinois. But man, it's it's definitely not the best. Um, that's for sure. And, and like we don't get really the honkers or anything anymore. Um, if it gets super cold, we will. But man, even the honkers they pretty much stop now. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I would say Springfield, Illinois. Is pretty much the drawing line, and I think the geese that we do get down here, if it gets super cold, um, or the geese from that area and on up 55, that'll come down this way. But man, we don't, we don't really get the honkers down here. I'm sure you had an episode with the hunter the other week, and as he told you, you know, as you probably know, Southern Illinois used to be the deal, man, and now it's it's dead. <laughs> Dude, it's crazy. I see, and like, you know, I always envy guys that are in other areas. And I knew that Southern Illinois was bad because, you know, down at Springfield, we're in a freaking dead zone for waterfowl. Like, if I drive out to the west a little bit, you know, we'll start picking up a lot more birds in that uh, Joplin area and stuff like that. There's quite a few more birds. But Springfield is a freaking dead zone. So. You know, I have to hunt local honkers. That's like 95% of my game. And if, you know, once it gets really cold and crappy, we'll get a lot of mallards in. But that's it. And, yeah, it's uh, got to get cold over in your area there for it to get good. Yeah, that's man. Really, and sure. It used to be a lot better. Ten years ago, we had a lot of ducks. And uh, we had a lot of gray ducks. And, you know, gray ducks and mallards, man, that's that's easy days right there. And... Uh, Nowadays, if we see a duck, it's most likely a mallard, and it's only on real, real cold, nice fronts, and they'll load up and be gone as soon as it thaws out. Yeah, that's the same way normally down around us here. They don't, like last year here locally, I hunt in Arkansas, mainly northeast Arkansas is our primarily hunt at, but um, it tells you how good the hunting is around here. But <laughs> right. last year, our early season, well, the past two years have been kind of lucky. The, the Mississippi's been out here just around the house, and uh, right there, our season opens up uh, right here. We're in South Central's, uh, I think that's what they call it. Hell, I don't know. I think it's South Central's what they call it, or Central, whatever. But it opens right in the, beginning, or right in the middle of October. The past year's been pretty lucky. The water's been out of the river. And, I um, mean, we've had some, actually surprisingly with the water being out like that, we've had some pretty damn good hunting for the first couple weeks of season. But as soon as that water drops out right around here, man, they just they go on down. Because there's really, right here where I live, there's not much to really hold them. Um, you know, if we go, if you go like northeast of here, um, Colorado, Lake, Colorado Lake holds them. Um, you go some cellar on the way stuff around Horseshoe Lake, they still hold a decent amount of ducks, Ren Lake. But, uh, man, Illinois it, anymore, it about sucks. <laughs> I mean, it, it, the hunting sucks. So that's why I, I go northeast Arkansas now and hunt. And that's where I primarily hunt, starting golf to, well, normally go to Canada, but that's not happening this year. And then hunt around here and then head northeast Arkansas and hunt. And hop around northeast Missouri, northwest Missouri a little bit and hunt throughout the year, too. So Nice, man. Do you go up to uh, Canada with Corey normally? 
No, we go, me and my dad and brother and uh, one of our other really good buddies, we go, uh, we go, uh, we go freelance up there. We've been going now for, well, I guess this would, would have been our fourth year. Um, we go up there and freelance hunt for seven days and man, we have a, we have an absolute blast. It's, it's awesome. That's for sure. Dude, it's a, uh, it's crazy. My buddy has been trying to get me to go up there forever and it's always this, I think he's heading to Nodak next week to do early honkers up there instead. Or whenever it opens, 15th, 14th. Yeah, somewhere coming up. Yeah. And uh, I was like, you know, I never have any vacation, it seems like, you know, when it comes time for that. And then this one, I was like, I have the vacation, but it's like, I can't justify driving 18 hours to hunt two days, you know, and stay up there for a week or whatever. It's just, uh, I would rather wait till December, man. Yeah, man, and we, we talked about going, you know, once, you know, several weeks back when, well, not even probably, you know, two months ago when they announced all this crap and, you know, the border's been closed forever long now since March or whatever it was. And, you know, we wanted to go. I mean, we look forward to it every year and we talked about, like, oh, you know, we ought to go to North Dakota. And then, you know, as the shit went on, on and I'm like, we kind of talked and we're like, you know, the zoo that that place is going to be this year with everyone not being able to go to Canada, all the freelancers, and there's more and more freelancers going to all the provinces now. And man, I think North Dakota is probably liable to be a zoo this year if I have to guess so myself. So I, I don't want to go deal with that. With the area we go to and Canada, we kind of we kind of get away from people a little bit, kind of keep it on the down low and don't have to deal with arguing over fields and everything else and man that's part of it it's you know it's fun we go up there and work hard and try to kill as many as we can and enjoy it but you know at the same time you want to relax and not sit there and fight with idiots if i want to go do that i'll go do that in arkansas so <laughs> <laughs> right that's uh my buddy man uh, do you guys normally go up there or do you guys go up there to hunt ducks or snows mainly when you're going to Canada? uh ducks and ducks normally where we go there's not and by what I mean by darks is uh, typically lessers is what we chase that and ducks um, but we don't there's not a lot of white geese around where we go um, they're typically further to the west um, so it's typically what we chase gotcha gotcha so did you guys come up with any kind of alternate plan for a big trip this year or are you just going to stick around the areas you already know no probably going to take it just take a year off man unfortunately we haven't really I haven't really thought of anything else, you know. I don't know. I've got to get, get stuff ready for season around here in October. I'll spend out some fishing time for me maybe a little bit. <laughs> Dude, did you already see that? I'm I'm kind of skeptical on season. Did you see that uh, MDC announced that they're going to close everything up until uh, regular duck season? What's the, where are they closing? The, they said they were going to close all the, like, the blind draws. I don't ever hunt public land, but for the guys that go to, like, you know, Otter and Four Rivers and Shell. They're hunting. Oh, they're, all the duck park stuff? Yeah, they're. I think they're closing all the duck parks, and at least for early, te- early teal, and I think, you know, that early honker season, which doesn't oh, really shit. affect no, me at all. But if you're, you know, if you're living down there in southeast Missouri, there's not a whole lot of, you know, opportunity that's not duck park related. 
Yeah, and I mean, if you look down there, even where like where Steiny lives, I'm sure you guys probably talked about hunting stuff in that area a little bit. Now where he lives, he's got you know he's Duck Creek, Otter Slough, um, and there's a few other little spots that you can kind of get away down there. You know, I got the river bottoms and everything, but yeah, down around there, and man, they like you go look from the east side of the state to the west side of the state, man. Uh, you know, it, it's it's a totally different ball game. Like you said, there's really not a lot of opportunities because. You know, 95% of what it is, it's big money leases, you know, rice fields, you know, whatever. The majority rice fields, bean fields down there um, or river bottom ground that's leased up. And, man, there's not a whole lot of, you know, well, I'm going to go dump my boat in here and go hunt type of stuff. You know, I mean, it's a, it's different for sure. So, yeah, that's a, that'll definitely, if that's the case, man, that, that'll definitely put a damper on some stuff. Dude, that's going to make my side of the state a freaking zoo. <laughs> yeah, oh no, absolutely. Uh, the good part about it is over in that area you're in is a lot of guys, man, they don't they don't really know about the stuff you can get away to. If there's not a duck park sign on it, they don't think you can kill a duck. So <laughs> that's <laughs> what I keep it that way. I've said it on other podcasts, you know, we'll have a lot of guys out here ask us, you know, where do you guys hunt at and stuff like that. Oh, that's a sweet limit of ducks. Where did you guys shoot that at? Like, ah, oh, the, you know, four rivers. <laughs> yeah, no, man, that's what you got to do. There's a few little lakes and stuff that will, uh, me and my brother and a few of my real good buddies will hunt. You got a few little lakes and little reservoir, we'll say, type spots, you know, over on this side of the state and stuff. And, man, it, we just, it's hush, hush, hush. You know, we don't say a word about it because if if people knew, it'd be, it wouldn't be what it is. So, <laughs> you know, that's what all these guys think. If it doesn't have a duck park sign on it, you're not going to kill a duck there. So, <laughs> you know, the good thing about, you know, being over on this side with no pressure and there's not, you know, a lot of birds. And, you know, that the duck hunting boom of the early 2010s era, nobody freaking knew anything. So all the really good spots, we were able to lock up for, you know, next to nothing. It was going and knocking on doors and getting yeses 95% of the time, you know. And it's right. like, I've been hunting there for 10 years now, and it's it's good to go. So now that more people are getting out, if I have to get out on public land, it's because it's a big flight day and they're heading to big water. You know, or uh, or maybe we just want to go do something different. But man, I try to stay on private stuff as much as possible because yeah, just no, like you, off. I hate it, man. Yeah, you're better off. That's a it, it, man. It turns in. It doesn't even. I don't know. You get so many of these, and I say kids. Well, hell, I'm a kid too. I'm only 22. But you see so many of these young guys, and I mean, I've seen them. I don't care. They're in their 40s. Everyone says says kids, but man, and they're. And so they're out there to, you get down to Arkansas too more, if you're out there to strut around with their equipment, you know, their fast boats, their big old four-wheelers, trailers, whatever, and that's all they give a shit about. And then out there, they don't give a shit about actual hunting. They want to look good, and I don't want to deal with that shit. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, that's Arkansas. I live an hour north of Arkansas, and, you know, like three hours from Stuttgart. That is one of the only states around us that I have not hunted because of the nonsense. <laughs> you know, yeah, Kansas, man, Nebraska. A, it, yeah, it's it, the the public ground down there is man, it's a it's a zoo. It's it's, it's zoo. crazy, man. It's uh, I don't know. It's it's too much for me. I'm like I feel like I'm you know I'm still a younger guy. I'm, I guess I'm entering middle age now. I'm in my thirties. <laughs> it, it's a sad thing to have to admit. I'm thirty two, but uh, 
I'm old enough that I don't want to deal with that stuff. It's kind of like, you know, hey, we know there's going to be this banger of a hunt, but you have to hike in a half mile to get back in there with all your gear. I'm like, nah, I think I'm going to go hunt the pond close to the house, man. I'm cool. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't blame you, man. I don't blame you. It depends on the time of the year for me. If I'm angry at them early in the year, I'm going to go hiking. But late in the season, nah, yeah, this will work right here. <laughs> man, there was a... I think it was two years ago, maybe, or last year. I was talking with Nick, or uh, not Nico. I was talking with Mingo, and uh, what you call him, Mika? No, Nico. It's uh, one of my buddies that used to live down here in Springfield. Uh-oh. He lives up in. He runs a Euro shop up in up in Minnesota, I think now. But um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, I was talking to Mingo, and he was the only person in this freaking area just beating the hell out of mallards. And I was like, dude what in the hell are you guys just have that many and he's like no i'm staying out till one or two every day and i'm walking in like a good mile and a half every day i was like okay well you deserve them because that's i'm not going to be doing that (laughs) (laughs) sticking it out man that's what a lot of man but a lot of them places that's what it's that's what it seems like i've been in a duck parks before and it it seems like 15 minutes before 1 o'clock, and it's like, man, you open up the gate of them, and they just come pouring out. I've seen it on hunting the, you know, big water and stuff, too, and it's hunting the lakes and reservoirs. Man, you can't, you ain't, you're not going to pull the trigger until 10, 30, or 11 o'clock, but there's going to be an hour window there that you don't want to miss. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I It's hard for me to have the patience to do that type of stuff. I'm just so freaking busy, to be 100% yeah. honest. My freaking bandwidth, I just have no space for anything left in my schedule, and it's like I can't make myself sit out till noon. And that sounds really bad as a waterfowler. You're supposed to be out there for the the enjoyment and peace, but I also want to have the family time. Calling. Oh, yeah. You, you, yeah, you got to kind of plan it out if you're going to do it. You know what I mean? I mean, it's... That's a, you got you gotta almost put if you're gonna you're gonna plan on doing it you're gonna hunt till noon one o'clock you gotta you gotta kind of have it set stone yeah exactly man so you said you do insurance up around that St Louis area how has it been freaking crazy up there right now I have not been to a big city you know I was in New Orleans the week that everything kicked off and they shut down it was the same week at Callapalooza. I was in Kansas City the weekend before that. I've, like, I've been up to Jeff a bunch of times. I was in Jeff today. Uh, Jeff City, for anybody who doesn't know. But uh, for work, I go up there all the time, and it's normal. But, like, is St. Louis crazy right now? I uh, mean, I kind of keep my own. But, <laughs> no, it's been... Uh... Man, it really has been with all this crap going on. You know, I like I said, I don't work in like the heart of the city or anything. But uh, you know, when everything when everything started up, you know, no one knew what to expect, and we didn't know what to expect. You know, on the insurance side of things, and uh, you know, we didn't know what was closed and what was staying open, or whatever. But man, it's been right now. Yeah, it's, it's pretty wild. Like now they've got. I, they change the regulations on this bullshit so much now, and now I think you got you got to have a mask. I think to go into anywhere in St. Louis County. On the Illinois side, where I live, you don't have to, but on the Missouri side now, all the bars I think have to be closed down by ten o'clock, and they can only be to twenty five percent occupancy. Um, man, it's just it's absolutely crazy. 
<laughs> Dude, it has changed, and you're a young guy, it has changed what I do on Saturday nights. 100 percent like oh yeah dude it's it, it's it's a whole different deal now we did i mean all these little bars and stuff this little town i live in i don't know how they're even still surviving because oh they were closed down for oh man i don't know a month or whatever it was a month and a half you know i haven't been any of them and whatever since probably february or march so yeah it's uh man it's crazy it's it's like you're living in a different world like you said though like if you get outside of these big cities like i travel up to central minnesota oh i guess it was three or four weeks ago now to go fishing for seven days and you go up there man it's like it's a different world i mean they're following their guidelines or whatever but it's, it's a little bit different that's for sure yeah it's freaking wild man it, <laughs> yeah. If you would have asked me in freaking March if we would still be messing with this with no clear end in sight in August, I would have laughed at you. <laughs> like, oh, I, well, I I was just I was thinking back the other week. I was talking to a buddy of mine, and uh, we had it was right when all this crap started up. We're supposed to have a, a bass tournament with a fish. We're gonna fish with the whole circuit in Illinois, the Central Illinois circuit, bass circuit. And uh, the tournament had got, they had shut down, they were shutting down the lakes. I got back from fishing at Lake Ozarks for the weekend and got back into town. And my buddy sent me a, a screenshot and he said, they're starting to shut down the lakes in Illinois. And I'm like, get out of here, dude. Like, get some kind of rumor shit. Cause that was when all this stuff was sprouting up. And uh, he sent me a screenshot of it. And he goes, yeah, he goes, well, it looks like, uh, you know, at Lake Clinton Lakes next week or it's closed down i'm like man there's no way in hell i looked into it and sure as shit and i wouldn't have thought now you know this far down the road would be where at where we are now you know i mean it's absolutely insane to think about now that's just that was just the beginning of it all you know what i mean so yeah dude shut down the lakes like yeah. <laughs> in, in you know like california florida i don't know if florida ever shut down anything they're a bunch of fucking psychopath you know rebels yeah. out there but uh i know in california they're shutting down the beaches like yeah oh they did, in, they did in florida too i think dude they're outside like that's insane right. my, my little brother yeah. lives in clearwater on the beach and like dude that's that's crazy nobody is ever that close to each other it doesn't do anything in the sunlight. It kills the freaking thing. Like it's so freaking dumb. It's the best place for you to be. Yeah, outside is you're you're pretty much safe as long as you're outside. I mean, I wouldn't say come cough in my mouth or anything, you know, unless there's money involved. But uh, uh oh, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it's wild, dude. Oh yeah, well they had they had several of these boat ramps shut down, and it was like. They'd have like one or two open on a lake. Well, I mean, I'm no genius or anything by any means, but uh, that really doesn't make sense because that's going to consolidate people all into a smaller area. So they had like a few of the boat ramps on the lakes. I know crappie fish at Springtime, Kincaid Lake down in Southern Illinois. They had one little small rinky dink ramp on the north end still open because it was uh, U.S. I think it was U.S. Fish and Wildlife runs it or some shit. I don't know. And the state runs the other two ramps that are on the lake. Well, they had the uh, U.S. Fish and Wildlife ramp was still open, but the state ramps were closed, and that's a little rinky-dink ramp, like I said. And there was, you'd show up there at seven o'clock in the morning, and there'd be seventy boats there, and there's parking for about thirty or forty. So, tell me how that makes sense, right? Jesus, dude, <laughs> that, it, yeah, it just doesn't make any sense. And if they, like I said, Missouri already has this weird thing where they're shutting down the the parks for teal season and freaking early honk. 
if it goes into waterfowl season, like, and, you know, hunting season in general, public land for freaking deer hunters and all this type of stuff, there's going to be a lot of tickets issued for people violating oh, dude, that. I guarantee it. Well, you look, I mean, I'm no turkey hunter or anything, but I've got some buddies that, uh, you know, turkey on all over the place. And I know in Nebraska this year on, I don't know if it, I think it was statewide or I think Kansas did the same thing at one point. They cut off out-of-state uh, license sales for Nebraska and Kansas in different zones. I know it first started out on those reservations up there in uh, Nebraska, and then I think it went all the way over to, um, I don't know if it was statewide or how it worked in Kansas. I don't know exactly how their different zones work for turkey hunting, but I know that they had cut it off at one point. Dude, that's weird. I didn't even freaking mess with turkey this year. I I don't even remember what I was doing. I don't know. <laughs> Probably fighting with my children or something. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, man. You got enough of them running down that way. That's for damn sure. <laughs> running all over down there, man. We, uh, <laughs> are you, did you say turkey? Yeah, not kids. You don't have, I hope you don't have kids running all over down there. Well, you know. Uh, <laughs> no, we're that, we're the Griswolds, dude. Anytime we go anywhere, you know, I told you we have all three of the army that are the same age. People are just like, oh, dear God, don't let them come near us. Just come mowing folks down. <laughs> I about smoked a hen today, a hen and a, a poult. Is that what you call a, a Yeah, I think it's a little turkeys. Yeah, yeah, a little baby. I don't know how I, I don't age turkeys. I'm not a zoologist or anything, whatever the oh, hell. Oh, God, don't get me started on them damn turkey hunters. <laughs> right. I like turkey hunting, don't get me wrong, but I don't <laughs> I don't know it like I know waterfowl. But, uh, right. yeah, I about smoked a hen today on the road, man. Oh, they're running all over down there, man. I, I turkey hunted down there in that part of the country, I don't know, it was several, probably five, six years ago, back when I still chased them around a little bit. Man, there's turkeys all over the place down there, and you go out on Truman Lake or any of that, and I'm out there fishing in the springtime. God damn, you, could, you couldn't beat them off, you hardly. <laughs> yeah, down here uh, just north of Springfield used to be I don't know what the stats are now because I don't care that much. But I, I remember at one point that it was the number one county in the U.S. for turkeys harvested, turkeys, turkey harvested, whatever, in the United States. But I know our hatches, if we've had like a bunch of bad hatches in a row. So I think those numbers have skewed. But yeah, this area of the country used to be, you know, the best for turkey hunting, at least as Easterns go. Yeah, no, I believe it, man. No doubt. Well, you were talking about uh, some of this bass fishing. I know you had a tournament yesterday. Is that what you were saying? No, 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 no. That was a few weeks back. I was talking about, but yeah, that's pretty much what. Uh, if I'm not if I'm not trying to shoot a duck or blow a duck call, that's pretty much what I'm doing. Trying to fish somewhere. <laughs> nice man. Yeah, it's uh, that's one of the things that I could never get into. My little brother. Okay, so I make calls. And, uh, you know, I love the waterfowl hunting. I've done TV shows. Every Anything I can possibly do to try to stay involved with waterfowl hunting, that's what I've done. My little brother has never been waterfowl hunting in his life, but is the exact same way for fishing. And, like, makes his own freaking swim baits and all this kind of crazy nonsense. And I just could never get into it because I cannot sit still. <laughs> oh, yeah, I tell you, man, I tell you, well, if you saw me bass fish, I kind of, that's why I could never, these guys catch fish and whatnot, or sit in one spot, I, I tend to move around quite a bit, <laughs> I'm not, 
I'm not sitting in one spot. It doesn't matter what I'm fishing for. So, and uh, man, I, but yeah, it's a don't get into it. It's too, as your brother probably has told you, it's a lot of money, man. It's God, <laughs> it's an ungodly amount of money. You don't want to do that. It's just another black hole. Well, I already do call making and waterfowl hunting. Like I, I have enough to throw my money away on. That's for damn sure. Yeah, that's enough. It's enough to piss away. That's for sure. That's not cool fishing. It's enough to keep it going around. And now more and more, I just about rather fish than I do duck hunt so i probably fish more days anymore than i do duck hunt so <laughs> well that's freaking cool man that's a good hobby to have yeah. in the off season aside from the competition calling oh yeah it'll keep it'll keep keep you busy especially normally this time of the year well normally this is when you know the contest calling stuff's kicking off and my fishing stuff will kind of start slowing down and then by the time that starts you know the contest calling kind of starts wearing off kind of leads into duck season so it's like a big non-stop globe that's just spinning you know it's never non-stop or something <laughs> it seems like anyways which is good that's freaking awesome man now i'm going off of memory here so forgive me if i'm saying something that is wrong did you oh, God. do you make your own meat competition call yeah, me, well, me and my dad and brother started a, uh, kind of give you a background on it, uh, back in 2000 and, man, this would be 2000, well, I started in 2009, I kind of get into that minute, kind of when I all started, um, but we started a small company back in 2010, um, and, you know, we, I, we had blown, I had blown some other calls and we sat down and kind of designed up a call, me and my dad and my brother did, and, you know, through some trial and error, had a guy in Northern Illinois uh, turn them for us and got everything kind of dialed on it. And it's actually the Main Street call that I've always blown up until now. And same with the meat call, too. We started out with just a, you know, we wanted a hunting call. And I had been contest calling a little bit and um, designed up a call that, you know, it worked well for me. It worked well for my brother. Uh, my brother was doing a little bit of contest calling at the time himself. And, uh, you know, everything kind of went from there. We've never really sold many of them. It's just been more of kind of a, yeah, you know, this works for me. It works for, you know, buddies we hunt with. So, I mean, I don't know. It's kind of just, we've never really done much with it, but we just kind of kept it small. So, I mean, we've never got any, you know, what you guys do with the hand-turning calls, I think is absolutely awesome. If I had more time, I would absolutely love to do it, man, because I think that's sweet. That's freaking crazy, man. Because, like I said, I I thought I had heard somebody say that one time. I can't remember where I heard it from, but I had no idea. And dude, it takes a lot. That is that is a lot of time to mess around with tone boards and figure it out. And being a competition caller, dude, that's a huge leg up on figuring out how to design a tone board. But that's a that's super cool, man. You said up until now, are you going to switch? Well, up until now, and I've kind of. We haven't really, you know, we haven't been selling a whole lot of calls. We've never really pushed them. I have, man, I've got too much going. We've all got too much going. And I had a uh, insert I was blowing for years, and now it's just my tone board's absolutely. I need to get, I need to get a new one made up. It's absolutely just torch. So I'm kind of, I've been blowing a few other calls, trying to find something that works for me. But like my meat call, my hunting call, I still have a handful of them that I still have stashed away that I'll continue to blow because I absolutely love it, man. I wouldn't. And sell it for $500. <laughs> That's awesome. What's the name of your guys' call company? Uh, MND Calls. It's Mike, Nick, and Dan. It's me, my dad, my brother. So, my dad's uh, Mike, my brother's Nick. Nice. Have you ever messed around with the lathe or anything like that? 
Uh, we did. I had a buddy of mine in high school. We messed around with him a little bit. Uh, made a few calls with him. Never really did much, you know. I'd like to do it eventually, you know, once I get, like I said, I sell insurance and fish and duck hunt. And if I get, if I had more time, I'd probably do it more. But like I said, man, I've got, I've got too much crap going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, another extreme. And then call Andy, sit down and do what you guys do. Man, it takes, to successfully do it takes some serious time. Yeah, it, you know, I use it as my therapy. <laughs> like, I use it as my calm down time. But, uh. Yeah, it, dude. That's super cool, and I, like I said, I did, I had no idea, but that's freaking awesome. And you need to mess around with it, cause I just announced that. Uh, did you see that Corey's gonna be the judge of this contest? Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, man, that you would have been a perfect. That. That's cool, man. You would have been a perfect guy to enter this sucker. You can make a call, and you're one of the freaking best meat callers in the world. Like <laughs> somebody was. I, that, that is pretty cool deal though you got going it's, I, I kind of glanced over it the other day when I saw you had announced it thanks man I uh you know the concept was there's it's kind of like you guys with your online calling competitions just trying to find something to be active you know and have fun with it and everybody's doing call making competitions and Mingo did one that was really really cool where he ran everybody else's call and it was judged off of that. And I was like, you know what? As a damn call maker, we should be able to run a call. And uh, so I'm going to make the call makers run their own freaking routines. And then we'll judge what the looks are after that. And it's just kind of something that's completely different. I told Corey, I was like, all right, man. Not everybody in here is going to be your level of, you know, as a meat caller. I was like, we have to come. Yeah, I was like, we have to come up with some kind of different scoring routine. Because... The routine is going to be a part of it, but it's also going to be the call itself because, you know, you guys blowing the meat routines and the world stage competitions, you know, those calls are already proven. Like, oh, no, yeah. nobody's judging the call off of that. They're judging the caller. But I was like, we have to come up with a way to judge the call and the caller. It's like a combination effort. No, was, I mean, I, I kind of, at first I was like, I was like, what's this? And I kind of glanced at it and I read through it. I was like, man, it's actually a pretty cool deal. You just got to tell Corey to, I've, I've sat next to Corey in a, uh, in a judging panel, I don't know, more times than I could probably count. But you're going to have to tell him to ease back on him a little bit. He's probably one of the toughest, most biggest asshole judge you'll ever encounter. So <laughs> you got you to gotta, you gotta tell him to ease off it a little bit. Most of the time, he is a very good judge, but he's also... It's just Corey. He's hey, blunt. He's, he's dumb, bro. He ain't that shit. That's, that's Corey. But, <laughs> no, he'll do a good job for anybody listening. Don't listen to me. But well, I just like giving Corey shit. He's very blunt. <laughs> okay, yeah, Corey's very blunt. He's an asshole. That's just how Corey is. <laughs> Man, that's kind of the way, everybody. The, the best oh, yeah. ones are. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, um... So we were talking about these competitions, man. What what's it been like with no in person competitions? Because they only had what the one in Iowa, Burlington this year. Yeah, I didn't even go to that, man. I I, I mean, now looking back on it, it's like, well, crap. No, I wish I would have gone. I haven't seen like most any of my buddies. You know, it's our time. We kind of, you know, we like we have as you probably heard. You know, everyone's the listeners have probably heard from you know Steiny and Corey and. I think Hunter got on here and probably talked about some contest calling stuff. And, man, like, we've got, you know, buddies all over the country, all over the world, you know. You know, we've got 
people in New Zealand now doing it, but we don't see each other, but, <laughs> you know, maybe two or three times a year at the most, a lot of us that, you know, don't live right here in the Midwest. Um, but yeah, it's been kind of weird, you know, number one, not seeing anybody. I mean, that's the biggest thing. We get together at these contests, party, have a big old time. And number two, you know, not having any contests. It's just been, now this time of the year, I mean, it's like, go, go, go. Like, let's go blow some duck calls and go have fun. But, man, it's just, it has been strange. They had, um, you know, the one up there in Burlington and then myself and Steiny and uh, uh, Lawrence Mock, one out and judged out in uh, Salt Lake City, David St. John, and I think Kent, Kent was out there too. And we went out there and judged out there. And uh, other than that, like, I have, that was the only contest I've been to, and I didn't even blow in it. So, by for it to be the what are we in the second week of August now, and for me not to be blown a duck call in a contest, it's just man, it's strange. <laughs> it's just really strange. Well, yeah, you've been doing it for what at least ten years. Yeah, I think this. Well, this I think would have been. I think my eleventh year doing it. So I started my first contest when I was oh, how old was I? Nine, I guess ten. I guess it's been my twelfth year. So I blew my first one. I was ten. I'm twenty two now. So that's been my twelfth year, I guess. So. Yeah, it's, it's strange because, I mean, every other summer, you know, since I was 10 years old, I've been, you know, traveling all over the place doing them. So it's just, it's, it's definitely kind of a change of things this year. And there's not as many, I should say, as there used to be. You know, when I first started doing them, you could pull up, you know, I'd get on the computer, I'd get home from school and go scrolling through a callingducks.com contest calendar. And it was like, I'd be telling my dad, like, all right, this weekend I want to go here, this weekend I want to go here, and you kind of got to pick and choose. Now it's like you look at a month of August, and it's like, okay, there's two contests, really, Presley's and Rogers. And other than that, it's like, well, unless I want to go travel nine hours, I can go out here or out there. It's, man, it's totally different now. <laughs> yeah, it's it makes it so much tougher with, you know, everybody's having to travel so much farther to freaking do a competition and, this year is weird, you know, because Kyle's doing really, really good, and a lot of other people are jumping on board. And if you know, from what I've seen, I d- I don't have enough time to keep up with everything. But uh, it looks like a lot I of people are, <laughs> dude, it's crazy. But uh, it looks like a lot of people are jumping in and and uh, you know trying to really make these online contests kind of the 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 theme of the year. You know, it seems like. Yeah, I mean, what Kyle's done, man, that's awesome. He really is. I, I really hope, you know, I deals with this, and I've told Kyle, like, I hope these guys, you know, whether it's people watching them, you know, if they, whether they got cut in first round or, you know, made it on the third round and never blown in a contest before, um, you know, I hope that they see, like, okay, yeah, man, this is fun. Like, this is awesome. I hope now, you know, hopefully, I mean, God, who knows what will happen. But hope by next year at this time, you know, we're going to be having contests regularly that people are, you know, jumping on board with these contests. Like, man, I want to go do the real thing. Like, yeah, online was fun, but I want to go try this deal in person and see how it really is. So, I mean, that's kind of what I really hope that happens. I, well, I, you know, will that happen? I don't know. None of us know. You know, I've seen a lot of these online contests happen in the past before, but not to this extent or the state that, you know, the world's in right now. So, you know, I don't know. I really, you know, I think all of us that have been doing it a while are, you know, hoping for 100% for a positive outcome of it. So, I mean, it can't hurt. That's for damn sure. That's for sure, man. That's, um, you know, it feels like everyone is getting better. It's kind of like the call-making competitions. That's the only thing I know to relate it to. Um, you know, you learn from every single one. 
and you see the successes of them and you see some of the failures of them and you try to make them a little bit better and it seems like every calling competition is getting a little bit better a little bit smoother better for the end user um you know we're going to complain about this one thing of this competition all right well the next competition we're going to fix that you know and uh it seems like they're getting better and then you know there's there's been debates of if it's going to help or not help and it like i'm with you man i really hope that it does help and you know we see at least some carryover because to expect 100 people to enter into a competition once it comes back in real life, like, I, that's not realistic. But if you see a small percent uptick, like, that's a win, man. Because right now, it's a downtick, uh, you know, the last couple of years. So I think it's a win. And I hate seeing people say that it just, nothing is ever going to help. You know, it kills me. No, and I mean, I, there's, there's a lot of reasons why it's not, you know, and you could, we've, it's like being the same dead horse, just seeing that discussion on all these Facebook pages and everything, I just kind of stay away from it, we've all discussed it a hundred times over, but, I mean, there's a million reasons why you can blame it on, et cetera, but, no, I mean, to say it's never going to come back, I wouldn't say, you know, I definitely wouldn't say that's true. There's got to be, you know, you got to try. you got to try things. And the thing people have to look at, the biggest picture, like, man, we don't go do it just for, you know, going to a contest to compete. I know there's people out there saying that. You've only seen on the Internet. But, you know, we go, we have a big old time. Like, we go to these contests. I mean, I've got some of the best friends in the world that are, you know, scattered across this country. Like I said, we only see each other a couple times a year, but man, that's what I'll take more out of it than anything. I've got a bunch of trophies and stuff that I've won over the years, but man, I, at the end of the day, it's all about having a big old time and meeting some badass people. And like Einstein was saying, having the opportunity to, you know, go see places and do things that you never would have without a duck call. So, I mean, that's the coolest part of the whole thing, man. I think that's the most important aspect of any of these little communities, you know, as a call maker and competition callers, is getting involved with the other people. If you're just showing up to a contest and you get your teeth kicked in the very first contest, cut in the first round, you know, you blow a 212 or a 210, the very first round you get cut and you're like, well, I'm done, I quit, I had a horrible experience. It's, you know, the... If you keep coming back and you keep getting involved with the other guys and talking to them and asking them, hanging out with the guys, like you guys, you know, you're Team Bash. Everybody knows, man. It's they, everybody has their group that they hang out with. And that's the important part of it because that builds all of you guys. And I was talking to um, Hayden Richard and he's talking about hanging out with, you know, Fields and, um, with Mingo and other people, and they have kind of their little group hanging out. And, you know, it's kind of like when you hang out with your peers and you guys are all amongst the best, everybody pushes each other, and it's just that family atmosphere. It's kind of like I can sit in my garage all day long and make calls and post them up on Facebook and talk to a few people about calls, but if I go to the events and I start having in-depth conversations and hanging out and cracking a beer with a few guys, like... That's what builds the community and builds the oh, comeback yeah. factor. Absolutely, man. No, that's like that's the biggest thing. Like, I mean, you can look at you see at any contest. It's like, for example, when Steiny won this, and uh, man, I mean, it was it was awesome to see. I wanted to win that thing, you know, 
badly. We all do. But I mean, to see one of your, you know, very good friends win it, man. I mean, you can't. It's badass. I mean, I know how hard Steiny's worked. I know how hard, you know, everyone else has worked when you see him win one of these big contests. And man, it's pretty badass to see. You know, I mean, it's it's cool. And that's what I mean. We all work. We all set. And that's the thing. You know, all of us. You know, we before contests, we're competing against each other. But you know, we're constantly sending each other routines. Oh, what do you think of this? You know, so I switch that up to do this, and it's not like we're bullshitting the other guy. Like, oh yeah, it sounds good. You know, you're you, you, but they could sound like complete shit. You're not going to tell them, oh yeah, that sounds good. And you could, you know, you see that in other sports. Oh yeah, man, looks fine. You're doing that fine, whatever. But I mean, we're all like, yeah, fix this, and you end up getting your ass kicked by that guy, and you're like, well, damn it. But I mean, that's just how it all goes, man. We're not in it. I mean, we're all in it to win. We all want to kick each other's ass when we get on stage, but like we're in it to have fun man at the end of the day it's about having fun and making good friends you know and that's the biggest thing like you said i i don't think that's like i wish i could pound into people's head and like see the good times that we've had you know these guys that just see it as all oh, these you know 20 hill jacks are getting up there blowing their duck calls and going on home like that's not what it's about we have a big old time man i guarantee you that yeah, it seems like competition calling, man, is one of those things that there's no room for an individual, you know? It's kind of like you have to embrace the community to learn and get better because if you're trying to do it on your own, you're going to have a very short-lived or very expensive competition calling career, you know? You're going to keep... Yeah, yeah, that is true. Yeah, you have to embrace the community, man. You have to freaking learn from other guys because if you don't, there's no way to get better. Yeah, and it's kind of uh, now over the past, you know, even kind of since I started it, when I first started, it wasn't exactly like it is now. Now you can take it. You know, you can go online and you can see about every single contest you want. You pull up your phone and, you know, whatever, there's a live contest going on at Presley's or Stuck Art or what have you. And, uh, you know, you're able to see that. And there's so much instructional stuff now, it does make it easier. But at the end of the day, it's nice to have, in my opinion, you know, it's different to have where you're learning one on one. You're sending, you know, whoever it is. You're sending Steiny a routine, Corey a routine, Mike Benjamin a routine, or Lawrence a routine, or whatever. And they're sitting there nitpicking it and having somebody like that to kind of mentor you along the way. I mean, that makes it, man, that's a world of difference to do. You know, and that's, that's the same thing. I think, like Steiny said when he was on here, like, man, any of us will help anybody. I mean, now with Facebook Messenger, you know, you can message anybody say hey man you mind if you know you mind if you listen to this routine kind of nitpick it and yeah sure and we we do that all the time and most of the time if one of us you know gets a message from somebody or if we can't help them with that issue we'll forward it on to you know somebody else it may not be our specialty or something we can teach them like if we can't teach them exactly how to do a feed we'll send them on to somebody else you know so i mean that's it just it kind of all works together like that yeah so what is uh i know you do a, a bunch of different types I, I don't know what the hell you call it genres specialties you know you have some guys that are just straight main street callers like i was talking to phil and he's like you know i just like the main street stuff then you have guys that do everything like what's your favorite type man i probably if favorite like just probably the most fun uh, probably like two mans, man. I really enjoy doing, you know, two man docs because it's really relaxed. I like the open, open meat stuff. Main Street's fun, um, but definitely probably like two mans or just like an open meat contest are probably by far my favorite. 
Have you messed around with any of the live duck stuff? Yeah, I have. I've been out to uh, Easton, I guess, I don't know how, how many times I've been out there now. I guess three years. We got my ass kicked pretty bad about every time I've been out there. Uh, me and Corey got, I think, me and Corey did decent in the two-man live last year, but made second round a couple times out there, but never the finals. The, the live duck stuff, man, is I'm sure Corey probably told you when I was on, I didn't listen to his whole soda can episode. But, uh <laughs> <laughs> he like he told you, man. You never know what the live stuff. It can be kind of a toss up. You know, he went out there several years, and I think he was in the top five. I don't know how many times, and just finally won it last year. But uh, man, it's, it's kind of a toss up because every single guy, you know, you can sit down five guys and have five different opinions on what live ducks sound like. So it kind of makes it, you know, it, it makes it kind of difficult. It really does. Yeah, it feels like. Man, that the the live and the meat are taking off in popularity. It's almost like, you know, stuck art and the main street style for the longest time was the standard. And I don't think it's ever going to go away. But I feel like more people are shifting to that, that meat style. And like I said, I think Live Duck is entertaining. But I don't know. I feel like the meat style maybe is the pivot of the duck calling competition side of things. Yeah, and I, I agree with you there too, Chris. I think, I mean, you look at the numbers themselves. You look out in Easton at, uh, you know, just the world live duck. Like, man, the numbers out there. Man, I don't know how I, Teddy made it. I think Teddy was on here, wasn't he? I, he made yeah, it he was what the on. Numbers were in the live, what the live duck were. I mean, it's insane. There's like, hell, I want to say there are probably 50, 40, 50 callers playing that thing this past year. And the world goose you know, is, uh, I don't think there was 10 or 12 in it. So, uh, you know, and there's more and more people. Most of the guys that are traveling out there are going for the worldwide duck. Most of the 90% of the field, probably I would say for the world goose are most of the guys, you know, from the Eastern shore, other than, you know, Kyle and well, Trevor's from up there. Um, and then like Nathan Krishan and Mike Benjamin. And uh, other than that, it's mainly the East Coast guys, all the Bay Country crew. So, I mean, it, it's terrible to see that. Because, I mean, I truly, I enjoy goose calling too. I really do. I haven't, I did it when I was younger and I'm going to try to get back into it if we ever have some contest again. Because I really enjoy goose calling too. But just, and it's dying, man. Like, I want to see them goose contest get some numbers back in them too. Man, I'm not going to lie. As a fan and somebody who doesn't participate, I am a big fan. If I had to pick between, uh, you know, the open goose routine or listening to a Main Street routine, it'd be goose all day, every day. And maybe that's because, like I said, I primarily goose hunt. <laughs> but uh, I just, I don't know. It, it, Like, you know, I live streamed them a lot in 17. And by the end of freaking Stuttgart, and listening to that many rounds of competitions and callers, I was so done with Main Street. I was still good with Goose. I don't know why. It just didn't bother me as much. But I was so done with Main Street, man. It, <laughs> oh, my. Like, I had to almost tune out. But you can't because you want to listen and you want to be involved. But it was like, I don't know. It just doesn't wear on me nearly as bad. And I find the same thing with meat, you know, meat duck. I'm just like, yeah, I'm good with it, man. But... Oh man, I can't. I've always, I always see the people, and I've got my dad, and my brother, and some of my really close friends that I duck hunt with in Arkansas. They'll come down to Stuttgart on Saturday, typically, you know, watch every year. Man, they'll sit out there and watch, you know, for me to get up there for 
you know, hopefully three rounds, not last year, but hopefully three rounds. And just to watch me call, and I'm like, I always tell them, like, how the hell are you guys listening to all these people? Like, there is no way in hell I could do that. And me, even as a caller, I can't, it drives me nuts listening to that many people, you know? But I'm the same, I'm the same exact way, though. Listen to Goose Calling, man, I absolutely love it. I love, like, going to Easton every year. I've, you know, I've judged the, uh, live world live goose out there and the two man goose several years now but sitting back there like in the third round of listening to like world goose man I love it I mean it's awesome I'm like a I don't know I did the goose calling it's it's awesome to listen to and I don't know the difference it's probably not because there's some high balling shit going on I sound like someone who doesn't contest call now but <laughs> it, it is true I can see why people talk shit on it because it is loud and annoying I think it is myself and I've blown in hundreds of them probably by now <laughs> Yeah, it's just, man, it's that mindset of people not understanding what the Main Street contest is versus, you know, I don't Main Street call, so who the hell am I to say what it is? But, you know, to me, it's mastering the call, you know, being able to hit every single portion of the call, you know, have your rhythm, your flow, and... uh, you know, of course you're not going to use that in a hunting situation, but you want to prove that you can hit that high, high, high area. And um, it just feels, the the main comment, you know, you always see is, oh, that's not how a duck sounds. That's why I think the meat and the uh, the live stuff is going to, like, what's, what's your excuse going to be now why you don't do it? Because right. that is what a duck sounds like. I don't know if you listen to Corey Nikum or freaking Seth Fields, but they sure as hell sound a hell of a lot like a duck. Right, no, it's. I mean, it is true, and I, and, and yeah, like you said, a main street routine to me is it's from taking a duck hole from the you know from the highest all the way down to the lowest point it can go, and still having some realism you could you would call it involved in it. And I mean, that's a, you know having control from all the way to the top to the bottom is what you want. So, but yeah, guys that you know from the outside looking in, I've had guys come up to me before that I've hunted with and you know, stuff, and they know I contest call, and like, oh, you do that high-balling bullshit down there in Stuttgart, Arkansas, as they call it, and I'm like, oh, yeah, buddy, that's me, and then, you know, you kind of explain it to them, and they're kind of like, oh, yeah, that kind of makes sense, and I'm like, yeah, I mean, it does make sense, I guess, until you really listen to it and do it, it probably really doesn't, but, yeah, sure. (laughs) (laughs) Man, what is, uh, what's to, to move into I guess more competition what's like your favorite or most memorable round you've ever had you know any contest whatever it is like uh do you have one that sticks out oh like a round itself oh man I don't know you have to you know every single year and you know the years I've been fortunate enough to probably make the third round in Stuttgart because you you know you you never really know what's 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 you know what place you're in or anything and i've had been lucky enough to have a couple top 10 finishes down there a couple top fives and everything you never really know so i mean that's always you know that's always pretty cool you know when you get off stage you'll probably no one knows i shouldn't say that you get off stage and you just kind of know that feeling like okay yeah that feels good i think i may have a shot at winning so i mean that's always good um you know probably qualifying my first time was cool you know you get off stage after something like that you just you kind of have a feeling like yeah you know i i think you know i just blew well enough to win and i don't know that's kind of where the adrenaline starts pumping in my opinion 
and that's why I do it, you know. If I ever get stop shaking when I get off stage, I'll probably quit. <laughs> yeah, there's no so, point in doing it anymore, man, if the adrenaline's yeah. not going. Yeah, but man, I mean, that's all that's all part of it goes into it. It doesn't look like for the people from the outside looking in and you know, people don't really realize it. It takes some I mean, it takes some balls to get up on stage, it really does for anyone that's never done it before and like I said, if I stop getting nervous up there and quit shaking, I'll probably quit it because, I mean, I don't care how many, I don't know how many of them I've blown in, you know, and I still get nervous. And you can probably ask any of probably the top, you know, 10, 20 duck callers, goose callers in the world, and I guarantee you they'll tell you the same thing. If, if, if they tell you they don't, they're definitely lying to you. <laughs> Bro, <laughs> I mean, I guarantee you that. <laughs> I can tell you that uh, there was, in 17, we had to be a sanctioned contest. I think there was only nine callers at one of the events. And uh, Jimbo Ronquest came up and asked me, he's like, hey, man, I really need a 10th caller so this thing can be legitimized. And this other guy that was sitting next to me was like, oh, man, if you don't want to do it, I guess I'll do it. I could not hand that sucker off fast enough. I was like, sure, dude. I got to run this live stream. I'm working on the camera. Man, are you... Too busy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm so busy right now. I'll do it if nobody else does it, but it's purely going to be a dummy caller up here. <laughs> but I could not hand that sucker off fast enough. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean it, it really does until you get up there. You don't know it. Man, I've had some of the, probably the smallest little rinky-dink contest I've blown in. And it's like, it's almost like you have the pressure on you, like, to win more than, like, I'll be more nervous at one of them than I am, like, you know, it's stuck on or something because you got that much pressure on you. And it's like, all right, you know, don't fuck up. You better do good. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, I mean, it's a, I don't know. But it's fun, man. We have a, like I said, it's it's an absolute blast. And to say, you know, to have one moment or one, you know, one round or anything where, you know, it probably stuck out, you know, to be the coolest. I, you know, I don't know if I could point one out or have one to be appropriate enough to say on here. You know, all the good times that we've had outside of the contest themselves. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, we have a big old time, man. We travel all over the place with a lot of these guys. That's why I encourage anyone, man, come on and try it. If it's not for you, like, you know, if the Cullen deal isn't for you, like, We'll still have fun, I guarantee it. I'll bring, I'll bring a lot of my buddies with me to these contests. Some of my good friends that, I, that live around here locally with me, and I'll take them to, uh, like, hey, man, you want to go to Rogers this weekend or Presley's, whatever? And like, man, this is badass. Like, I want to go to the next one with you. So now, like, one of my good friends, Shane, man, he comes, he comes all like, like a lot of the contests with us. He just sits and drinks beer and hangs out, and you know, and we have a big old time. <laughs> Man, that's how I, I really got into the whole thing in the first place was going up to Rogers and uh, going and getting cheap decoys back in the day, back when they still had like real sales going on. Not to hate on Rogers or anything, but uh, back when you know there was actual legitimate sales because now they're pretty cheap online too. But uh, went up there and I was like, oh, you know, I had a couple buddies from the Kansas City area I hadn't seen since last year and stopped by the call tent and kind of sat down and listened for a while and i was like hey man this this is fun man you know sitting there hanging out with the buddies and you know that was just kind of the thing that got me hooked and uh once i really sat down and started paying attention to the back and forth and uh you know there there's a certain amount of drama to it that people just don't realize and you're like Oh shit, man! This we're going to the third round, and this guy's up by a point. Is he gonna make it up? He doesn't even know. You know, it's just 
there's a little bit of drama to it that uh, you know from the spectator side of things. No, yeah, I mean absolutely, and to see for me to like sit out and like watch a goose concert or something, not blowing it and seeing it from that side, I'm like, man, I'm gonna sit out here and drink some beer and just watch this deal. Like now, I'm like I've got five buddies up there within like a point or two of each other. Well, I'm just gonna let them fight it out and sit here and drink a couple beers and watch it all go down. But yeah, it's fun. Like we've got out at Rogers every year, like a bunch of our buddies come on out there and a bunch of uh, you know all of our. Uh, all of us that call me, we've got a bunch of buddies that live out there on the, you know, in Kansas, Kansas City side. Man, they'll sit out there and tailgate next to the tent and drink beer and hang out and bullshit and grill and, you know, have a big old time and watch it all go down. But, man, that's all part of it. Like, it's fun. I mean, it, it truly is. So, <laughs> <laughs> From the, uh, the caller side of the thing, do you guys, I don't even know if I've asked any of the other competition callers that I've had on here. Do you guys ever like sit back in the trailer or the you know back behind the stage or whatever? Is there any ever like gamesmanship going on? Like, do you mess with each other? Oh, like head games and shit. Yeah, not even like. I guess probably some of them are purposeful, but like, yeah, is there like head games going on? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're constantly like we always do it. You know, if someone comes back there, it'll be like you know we always kind of ask each other a lot of times. It's like. How'd that sound? And most of the time, I'm a pretty big smartass, so if someone comes off and asks me that, I'm like, yeah, it was pretty good other than that high tone. Or, yeah, you had one little one little thin spot in there, you know, when you were coming out of your three-topper or something, and it kind of fucks with them. But by the end of it, you know, we're always kind of, you know, being being telling each other what's up with it, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, it's all gamesmanship, man, and that's the thing. Yeah. Like, everybody likes each other for the, for the most part. But, uh, for the most part, yeah. <laughs> Right, for the most part. But, uh, you know, the, that mental aspect. I've had competitions with my buddies before, and we fuck with each other so bad and get each other so messed up and worked up. And we're like, dude, calm down. We're just messing with you. You know, that type of thing. Yeah, nor, and nor a lot of it's more fucking with people before it starts. Like, Corey Nickham, I hope he listens to this, is probably one of the easiest people to fuck with before a contest. Like, you can get that guy so worked up and down, it's unbelievable. So, same with Sean Patrick, another guy you can just get worked up, get him fired up, and get him all riled up and going. But, and like I said, being at the day, you know, we're all good buddies, but we want each other to win. If it's not one of us, we want one of our buddies to win. So it is what it is. <laughs> it's, so, it's all in good fun. Are you going to get involved with any? I know. Have you done some judging in the uh, in some of these online contests, or have you been uh, entering them or anything? Well, I blew. I blew in the live goose. Um, I just had. I had a side bet with uh, Ben Marlowe because we've we've had a goose calling rival re going on for about a year or so now so i had to take ben's money again in that because he sucks and then um <laughs> we I, I i judged the first one i was actually talking to lawrence earlier and i think i we were talking about the online contest um i judged the first one i haven't blown any of them i probably need to i haven't like i said i mean i haven't blown a duck call kyle actually said something tonight in our snapchat group about me calling in his deal and i'm like man i said i haven't blown a main street call literally really since november i was like i really don't feel like getting my ass kicked right now so if i i need to pick up a duck call and start blowing a little bit more especially if cows and keep putting on these contests because man there's a lot of money to be won in these damn things like mike won i mean mike benjamin's just been sweeping the house and all these damn things and that last what was it the 
duck, live duck, I think it was. He won like over a grand. So I was like, shit. Like, yeah, I probably need to start blowing in him. Dude, it's getting legitimate. Like, you're not having to freaking travel anywhere. And the money's pretty close to what some of these big contests are paying out. Yeah, I mean, Mike won like, hell, I think it was over a thousand bucks, you know. And I, I would like to see him, like you had, I think, uh, as you and Corey and Stiney talking, I was listening to one of them about, I think you had a good idea of, like, how Corey's put his phone screen flat backwards and i kind of think that was could be a potentially a good idea um not that i mean kyle's doing a great job with him i mean it, it really oh, is. Yeah, yeah. got him organized i mean nothing against kyle we've all kind of discussed this if you could have figure out some way where it would still be as organized as well as it is where you cannot tell you know who the caller was um i think that would help out and i also think if you could do it where everyone calls live instead of you know doing it where you can sit there and record yourself mm. 25 times if you wanted to so um you know but it's all kind of a learning deal from what i remember these online contests happening i think kurt mccullough was doing them back i remember me blowing in when i was like 12 13 years old uh blowing in his cut down contest and uh you know doing them on youtube and shit now we've come a long way you know and i think kyle's doing a great job and mike eddie's helping him out and man it's been awesome so um but yeah i mean there's it's unbelievable like how many people he's drawn and you know the payouts themselves and it seems like they're running pretty smoothly from what i've seen yeah yeah the amount of work that he has to be doing in this thing and the whole the face down thing would be freaking great, and that's how I'm gonna run the uh, the meat calling side of that competition. But like you said, the live aspect of it, people will know who it is if they're unless they're logging into like one person's account and running it all through his account. So he'd have to give his information to everybody. <laughs> right? No, I, and that's what I mean. There's a way that you you know it, it can be done. The system. Yeah. Know, so it can be done. There's always, there's always but, that way. But it's a freaking headache, man. It like I have mad respect for Kyle and anybody who's helping put on these contests. Because me just even trying to think about this little contest that I'm doing, dude, is just like I've talked with, I don't know, probably 20, 30 different call makers, you know, from the top of the names in the game to the bottom to the newest call makers and then competition callers about what their input is on it. Like I can't even imagine how much time is going into all this stuff and i'm just like i'm trying to look at any way it could possibly be criticized <laughs> before i announce it and that's like yeah there's no way to make everybody happy yeah because i mean it's dude when i, ju- I judge like i said the like i believe it was the it was a meat meat duck i think it was the first the one i judged it was the first one kyle did i mean just judging that like i don't know there was like 70 guys in it or something and to go through and judge that took some time and now he's got luckily he's got kyle you know organized everything and mike eddie is i don't know if he's been around mike much at all but mike's man he's like the godfather behind contest calling he's a probably one of the smartest guys i've ever been around but uh in contest calling like he's got he's doing all the scorekeeping for kyle and input and everything and then he's got literally mike's got contest scores back from 1997 you know from the whatever iwas that he held or any contest across the country and mike just man he's just bing 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 with that he makes it look like it's nothing so i think that's probably helped kyle out a lot that mike's doing all that stuff for him but yeah i mean it's Dude, that's a, it's a whole different deal. You know, I've helped out a couple people doing contests, you know, putting them on in person and doing them online. I couldn't imagine doing that. 
And I think going back to like what you were talking about, you know, going, um, doing live where you're streaming it live, I think that brings kind of a whole new aspect into it too, because I've seen, you know, a lot of these, I think what Forrest was doing in that, I don't know if you saw the dive bomb contest they put on, um, on their page. And, uh, you know, I've seen all these, the final rounds are doing, making these guys go live. And I know that one that I judged, one of the guys that was in the, I don't remember who it was. I couldn't remember, but one of the guys was in the top two or whatever it was. He ended up messing up when he went live and that changed the whole contest up. You know, he went Ooh. live and squawked or something. So, I mean, that kind of brings it into it. You're like, once you nod your head in a, you know, in a real contest, it's game over, man, if you're messing up. So, he was running a like a Facebook live video and then invited them to come on and it was like a split screen and they were running the routine live in the middle of the Facebook live? No, 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 no. Wait, wait, uh, man. It was uh who was it? Vincent Vincent Marsalia. Vincent Marsalia, if he's listening, my bad buddy, I didn't mean to butcher your name. He's a Cajun, really nice guy from Louisiana. And uh, he had put he had the third round in Kyle's contest, he had a stream live. So he went up, you know, streamed it live, and then the judges would go back and listen to it whenever. But he had to stream it live on Facebook. So while he was doing that, you know, I think, I don't remember if Kyle got, probably got a warm-up, so he nodded his head and started. And he had a big old high tone or something in his ducks or something, and he was, you know, obviously it cost him from, I don't know if he was leading or in second place or something, but yeah, he didn't, you know, it sucked, but there's nothing you could do. It's not like you can delete the video and go back and do it again, because once you have that stream live, like, you're done. That's your, you know, routine, just like if you're up there on stage calling, so. Yeah, that's a super really cool aspect to it, man. I, yeah, I didn't even realize I, he did it that way. Yeah, no, and that, I think that's how... I know that's how Kyle was doing it on the third round. Um, I think that's how for that dive bomb contest they did. I think for the final five, I think they made them made them go live. So, man, yeah. that's that's super cool, and that's some things that you know people, at least on the callmaker side of things, that people are you know kind of getting up in arms about. They're like, oh, there's too many competitions going on and stuff like that, and it's like. Dude, on the competition caller side of things, like, I get it. It takes longer to turn a duck call than to run a routine. Like, that makes sense. But it's like, there's all sorts. I love the fact that Die Bomb, you know, Kyle's putting on his. There's been some other competitions. Like, the more the better, man. Like, it's summertime and it sucks. Yeah, and I I think, you know, I I think... I agree and I just shouldn't disagree with that. But to a certain extent, you know, to see... You know, I think the more contests, the better, because I don't think it's going to hurt anything. But to have a, a contest, and if these guys are going to do them, to have a good idea from someone that's had contest experience before in the past, where they can get some decent judges together. Where so I've seen a lot of these contests, you know, when there was a lot of, you know, in-person contests going on back seven, eight years ago, you know, there was contests popping up everywhere, which is great. I wish it was still happening. Um, but they would just pop up a contest, and you'd have these new guys show up and that were good callers and get their ass absolutely stomped by someone who was terrible, and they would never show back up to a contest before because they got screwed over royally. So, I mean, that you know, and, but I like like you said though, to a certain extent, I, I think more is better. So, um, and it, it may be something that takes off. We may not see a contest this year. What what's going to happen to Stuckart? I don't know. I hope they kind of announce something soon um, so people know. But, you know, we may not have a world duck this year. As it's looking right now, I think there's seven, six or seven people qualifying. So things aren't looking good for that. That's for damn sure. 
Man, that's that's going to be freaking weird. And it's going to be unprecedented in the way that they decide to handle it if they do have a competition. I need to get somebody from whoever runs the board down there to on here to talk about it, you know, because it it's weird and people are it's you know, the clock is ticking. Like uh people need to know what to do with travel plans and stuff like that. Like for us it's not bad. We're in the Midwest. You know, it's just a few hour drive, but the dudes that are coming from way off, you know, in California, Washington, that type of stuff, like, it's a big deal. Yeah, and I mean, there's really, like you had said, I think with, I don't remember who was on, there's really, you know, there's really no good way of doing it. You're going to have people pissed off no matter what, but, you know, a lot of people I've talked to just kind of, you know, want to see something happen because there's, like, you know, even with Presley's happening, a lot of guys are like, well, I don't think there's going to be a contest happening at this point because once Rogers wasn't happening, you know, there's whatever, oh, I don't know, four or five qualifiers there. And then now with Presley's canceled, that's two of your biggest contests in the, you know, in the country with your qualifier-wise. So, I mean, man, that kind of just puts a, puts a you know, a knife in the coffin, in my opinion. And there was another gentleman that was having a contest down in Mississippi with three or four qualifiers that got canceled. So, man, they're just, I don't know. I, I really I really can't see it happening as much as I, you know, want to see it happen. I, I, I honestly, I can't see it, you know. Yeah. It's one of those things I know it's 100% sacrilege as a fan and as a caller. I'm sure it's even worse. They almost, like, it'd be cool if they made it an open. And just anybody who can make it there, I guess there'd be way too many callers that come in there. But I don't think it would be that many more than, you know, with the travel restrictions and everything and people not coming. I can't see it being a crazy amount more. Like, maybe run it over two days and have, like, the first round on the first day then you know, two, three at the end. But just something, man. I, I don't know. Something or nothing. Yeah, and it's kind of, you know, I've heard different ideas for, like, you know, there's a couple callers. I'm not going to name any names. I don't know if they want me to. Um, a couple of my good friends that have, you know, are avid contest callers and have already qualified or that, you know, normally qualify, they, as of right now, wouldn't be able to travel down there to work. Because if they go, you know, they've got to quarantine for 15 days. So they couldn't go as it is right now. And, you know, I think that's a problem we run into. And there's been discussion online, I'm sure you probably saw, of, you know, different ways of doing it. Like you said, an open contest or, you know, we I've seen people before doing something potentially – you know, if you qualified last year, you know, let that carry over to this year. If you've qualified in the past three years, you know, it's open to you. But, you know, I don't know. And it's just like, you know, Teddy had to make the decision out there in Easton, and I think it was a good decision. You know, he called uh, several of us contest callers and, you know, kind of asked our opinion on it of what we thought. And, uh, you know, at that point it was, hell, that was, you know, a month or two ago. And there's so much unknown with this crap. So, for them to cancel it, you know, I think it was the right idea. I really do. You know, it, it takes so much time, and there's so much behind the scenes that goes into it. For like, you know, they they start planning this day. The day it ends, they start planning for the following year. So um, there's a lot more that goes on than people think. So I know Teddy, just for the world goose, you know, I'm, I know how hard Teddy works for it. I mean, it's, it's like I said, it's a year-round deal for him. So I'd hate to see them people – you know, plan something and work that long for it and for it to be, you know, for it to be canceled at the last minute. And that was kind of, you know, his whole mindset on the whole deal. And, you know, for the sponsors too, you know. 
Yeah, it's a. Uh, you know, you brought up a really good point with callers having to quarantine and stuff afterwards. That's something I didn't really think about because you know some states have those kind of regulations. So. I told Teddy in his podcast, I said, dude, you have the job that normally I wouldn't want to do. And this year, 100%, I would not want to do. So it's, you have to feel for them. And people always have the opinions and, you know, there's backlash and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, like the people that are making the decisions to run those things, I do not want that job. And I'm sure they would hand it over to anybody that had any complaints at any given moment. Oh, trust me. I mean, me and Teddy are me and Teddy are good buddies. I talked to him quite a bit, and especially when all that bullshit was going on, and, <laughs> and Teddy could really, as you probably talked to him, Teddy give a shit what anyone thinks of him. And uh, you know, he's like, it is what it is. You know, it's the right decision. You know, they had a, you know several meetings over the whole deal, and you know, it is what it is. It had to be decision had to be made. And, like he said, to come back next year and, you know, hell, who knows, hopefully have it next year and come back better than ever. So, and that's all you can really hope for in that case. <laughs> Bro, if, if we're not back to normal by freaking November of next year, the whole world is going to go into anarchy. Like, <laughs> Oh, but like, like we said, back in, back in February, I wouldn't think we'd be on it. You'd be right here right now discussing if the world, the duck's going to be canceled or not. So I, I, I hope you're right. <laughs> you yeah. never know. It's crazy, buddy. That's absolutely true. Well, brother, I appreciate it. I got you a... For anybody who didn't listen, we started super late because uh, my six-year-old had a complete and total meltdown at bedtime, so we had to push this thing back a little bit. But uh, I really appreciate you staying up, man, and uh, putting this sucker out for everybody. Yeah, absolutely, Chris. Uh, Do it again sometime, man. Appreciate it. Absolutely, man. And... uh, might have to get you on as a, a guest judge. I've got, you know, Corey doing judging, and then I've got Channing Korea doing some of the, the calling si- the call side judging, and I don't want to be the third judge that has to make <laughs> – because I had to think about it. If it's a one-to-one tie, you know, between the two, I'm like, I really don't want to have to be the person that makes the final decision. So I want to get some guest judges on from time to time <laughs> to, to jump on and do different things and – might have to get you on there at some point, brother. Yeah, no, no big deal, man. I'd be happy to do it. So Awesome, buddy. Well, I really appreciate it, and I hope you have a good night, man. Yeah, you too, Chris. We'll talk to you, buddy. All right, buddy. Take care. Bye. Bye. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Hopefully you liked it. Share it. Comment. Hit that subscribe button. iTunes, Podbean. Hit the subscribe button. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you think. Um, join the BTBN podcast group. Check out the pin post on BTBN. It's the Call Maker Challenge head-to-head competition. There's all the crazy rules and everything going on there. You can find out. Um, yeah, it's going to kick off here in a few weeks. I'm going to announce the uh, the first round next week. So make sure you pay attention. Thanks. Have a good one.